Your porn habit doesn't have to define you. Today's guest is an expert on how to overcome pornography addiction. His name, J.K. Amezi. You're a man. You want to become a better one. You want to level up. That's nobody's task but your own. This is your starting line. This is your boot camp. It starts now. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast with Josh Hatton. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. And manlyhood is a movement. It's not just about me. It's about you, us, working together to help men become even better men. And I'm really glad that you're a part of this. If you want to go deeper into this, I want to encourage you to join the Manlyhood Man Cave, which is our private Facebook group. Just type in Manlyhood Man Cave on Facebook. It'll come up. Request access to the group. We'll let you in. I'd love to see you in there, and I'd love to be able to communicate with you about how to become a better man. I'd love for us to work together on that. We build each other up there. It's not some of these other Facebook groups where everybody tears each other down. That's not what we're about. You might see people with different perspectives from you, but what you will see is people who care about each other, men who care about each other, and want to see each other become the best they can be. That's what we do in the Manlyhood Man Cave. So one of the things that we talk about here at Manlyhood, again, is men becoming even better men. And to do that, we have to rid ourselves of certain vices that hold us back. And I know that a lot of people will hear this topic today and they'll roll their eyes and don't understand why it's an issue. But for a lot of men, including myself in my past, it was an issue. And it was a very difficult issue to conquer. And today's guest, J.K. Amezi, is an expert on it. He's been through it himself, and now he's devoted his life to helping other men break free from pornography. So strap yourself in and listen to a great interview with J.K. Amezi. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. J.K., it's great to have you on the show, man. Uh, How's it going? It's going good, man. My honor to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, too. I've been looking at the work you're doing and... I know that this is a topic that's going to resonate with our with our guys today. Uh, and before I started rolling, I gave you a compliment, and I'm going to say it again for anybody listening. Dude, you're jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was just telling Josh, I just came in from the gym. And, you know, when you, when you start working out, um, I remember like years ago, I was doing it honestly for the most superficial reasons. I was doing it for the ladies. And most guys right. who work out know that it's just it's, it's guys who give you the compliments and as you mature, you learn to take the compliments from the guys. It's just like, yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Validation of my masculinity. <laughs> but thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. The, the girl probably would have been interested in you and you would have been interested in you if you were shaped like me as well, probably. They don't they don't care as much as you think. Who knows? So. Things are things are crazy now, man. You never know. All kinds of sexual so, dynamics have changed. I, I, I always joke because, you know, like when my wife fell in love with me, I was jacked and she still looks great. So she got the better end of, 
or I got the better end of that bargain. So yeah, you know, <laughs> she doesn't have the great, nice looking husband she started with. So, but it's all right. We got a good marriage. Well, I would hope you got some uh, some other qualities that that yeah came yeah, yeah I treat her well. I treat her really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I try to. Sometimes I don't, but she's patient. Yeah, that'd be perfect, man. We, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you uh, talk to our guests a little bit about who you are and the work that you're doing, man? Well, I'm J.K. Maisie. I run a company called Elevated Recovery. We are an addiction recovery company, and we specialize in sexually compulsive disorders. Our speciality is addiction to high-speed internet pornography, which as far as I'm concerned is the real pandemic uh, that's mm-hmm. happening. So I've been doing this for 11 years, and without dropping all the, like, all the, the details, I'll start by saying that... Um, I got into it because I was addicted to pornography. And back in the day, I, I'm 39 years old right now. And this was all through my teens and my early 20s. There are a lot of men who are dealing with this and feel very alone. They're really trying to rationalize because you live in a society that's highly sexualized and everyone's showing their body parts off online and on social media. And you feel you're the only guy who just can't stop um, jerking off to pornography or who just can't stop watching this or whose tastes keep escalating. And while it took me a very long time to overcome, and it was one of the, if not the most challenging thing I did in my life, years later I realized that there were probably millions of men struggling with the same thing. Perhaps not an addiction, but a compulsive habit for a lot of guys. And so um, I made it my life's mission to reach as many men as possible and at least give them hope that they have control over this behavior and that there is a way out. And it can, it doesn't have to be about just ending a behavior, Josh. It can also be, um, what do they call it? It can also be your rites of passage. A lot of men today don't have a rite of passage. And I want men to know that the process of ending a compulsive behavior can be your rite of passage that you never had the opportunity to go through. That's what I do. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I can relate to this story because I know that when I was, uh, you know, a younger man, it was a major issue in my life. Almost lost my marriage a couple times over it. Uh, lost a job over it at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. It was a mess, wow. and you know, I really struggled for a long time. So, um, and you know, what worked for me isn't what works for everybody, and so I want to. I know that having this conversation with you is going to be helpful because a lot of times when I start talking about what helped me, a lot of people out there are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't understand that. That's not my framework. I don't, Mm. you know, so I think it'll be helpful to, to hear about it from your perspective and to, to hear the work that you did and and how you, how you learned and how we can help guys with it. So, you you know, it's funny because a lot of guys are like, what's the deal? Like everybody looks at it, right? Like what would you say to those guys? Um, well, first of all, to those guys, I want to say that not everyone is um, addicted or has a compulsive behavior with pornography. I think when you hear somebody talk about it, like someone like me who does this professionally, um, there's some beliefs that come up. Like, oh, I bet you he's secretly a conservative Christian and he's really trying to like push some agenda. Or he's repressed or there's something going on. I'll be honest with you guys, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm liberal in some parts of my life and I'm conservative in some parts of my life. 
And in the grand scheme of things, I don't think there's anything wrong with pornography. Our ancestors were drawing this stuff on cave, cave walls and men are going to be men. The problem is high-speed internet pornography and understanding that while you might be a man who uses pornography for entertainment, um, it is not normal. So think about this. Do you know that if you are a man who is alive today and sexually active and who watches pornography to any degree, you have seen more naked people having sex than every single one of your ancestors who ever existed. Let that sink in for a moment. If you're alive today and you've watched high-speed internet pornography, then every single one of your ancestors, every single one of them, they didn't get to see people just having sex all the time. You've seen more variety. And now ask yourself, was my brain designed? Was it designed for that amount of stimuli? It wasn't. So that's my message to those brothers. Like, think about that. And then start thinking about your sexual taste. Start thinking about the first time you had sex or the first time you masturbated. The intensity of the orgasm, how much you enjoyed it. And now ask yourself, as you've gotten older, has sex become more enjoyable or just something you do for release? Without alcohol, without substances, without anything. Just straight up sex. What is the quality of sex for you? then ask yourself, is it possible that my exposure or overexposure to pornography played a role in this? Does it make sense, Josh? It does. It does. So yeah. you mentioned like a lot of people will assume that there's a conservative Christian framework yeah. that you're coming from. And that's the framework that I'm coming from. Yeah. And so when I explain that to guys who don't share that framework, they're like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And yeah. so that's why I think so I'm just being, you know, laying that out on the table so that we can talk about it. I appreciate that your framework on this looks a little different, that you're seeing it and, and approaching it from a scientific and logical perspective, because a lot of people don't understand things from that through that same spiritual perspective. I recognize I don't share it with everybody. And yes, I know that you're right. Like what happens with, uh, with porn is that we're like feeding these desires that that shouldn't be fed sometimes i think we like it like it's never satisfied right like like you just want more and more or different and different and yeah and i don't think that's the way we're made at all like even evolutionarily which i don't think of right like that's not my framework but even from that perspective it doesn't make sense it doesn't and and one point i want to make is when we go back to the aspect of being um, religious and conservative. This also goes to your listeners, right? You, they probably have, if you're listening to this, you probably have friends that might not share your values, but they're still your friends or still acquaintances or family members who you try to get this message across to and you're judged either way. Um, I've been doing this for 11 years and um, personally, I was raised as a Catholic. I was raised Christian and our program probably has the most ministers, pastors, and priests enrolled in any other program for sexually compulsive disorders. And that's for one simple reason, that I don't care your background. Everybody wants to get to a certain point in what we call their reboots. I'll get into why we call it reboot and not recovery, mm -hmm. has some sort of reconnection with the spiritual aspect of their life, myself included. I went away from the church, and I'm not with the church now, but I went from away from the church because I felt that um, there was a lot of shame there, 
and I wasn't comfortable sharing with brothers in the church because I felt I would be judged for that. And so I stepped away from that. I stepped away from spirituality completely. And what we do in our program is we don't just help you change your habits. That's not enough. You change your habits, but then you also have to change your lifestyle. And the lifestyle part is where a lot of religious programs and a lot of typical traditional recovery programs end. They end there because they don't know how to take you to the next step. So they're like, live a religious lifestyle or live a lifestyle where it's one day at a time. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm, hi, my name is Josh and I'm a recovering XYZ. Mm -hmm. The last piece is changing your self-image. Habits, lifestyle, and self-image. See, the church and, and those who are conservative and traditional have a tendency to make the lifestyle piece a battle. It's your battle, battle against lust, battle against that. But battle involves willpower, and willpower is finite. And so men are stuck in this everlasting battle. But the truth is you are not put on this planet to struggle with this one thing forever. There are greater challenges waiting for you that life has in store for you. So the ultimate part is coming to changing your self-image. And I think it's very challenging to change your self-image at the deepest level without questioning who you are and why you're here. Mm. And so all my clients always end up going to the, the spiritual aspect, whether it is going back to church, whether it's picking up a meditation practice, whether it's picking, picking up some sort of self-reflective -re practice, they always end up there. I know if I went off course with that, I really wanted to make no. that point when it comes to the spiritual aspect of freeing yourself from a compulsive behavior. You, you mentioned something in there, and I know that in my battle, it was definitely part of it, is that constant feeling that you were fighting it, right? And what I found was that it was really hard to stop thinking about something when my whole life was centered around stopping thinking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, instead of stopping thinking about it, I just was thinking about it negatively rather than just like when I was able to stop focusing on the problem, right. And, and stop focusing on it. I stopped, it stopped having the hold on me. Like it had the hold on me when I was trying to not do it. I love that. I love that. It, it tells me that you've actually been through, it tells me you've actually been through the process. A lot of guys, um, we call it within our program, we call it working with your brain instead of against your brain. Working against your brain is really just fighting it and trying to deny the urge when it comes up. Instead, what we recommend is accept the fact that the urge has come, come up. Most men are use pornography to medicate uh, strong emotions, unresolved issues or, or trauma, stress or loneliness and a lack of intimacy. Those are a few things that typically come up. And when you're, exper let's say you're experiencing loneliness and gentlemen, you can be in a relationship with your wife sitting right next to you watching HBO and, and still feel lonely. It's very possible. You can feel lonely for many reasons, but then the urge to medicate that emotion comes up with pornography and then you feel this strong urge. A lot of men try to distract themselves, take cold showers. This is the realm of habits I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Instead, the best thing to do is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge there's a strong urge and don't run away from it. You go deep to understand what is the nature of this sexual urge. And there are many tools you can use. We have a dialogue tool where you can um, give your, your, what we call your addict subpersonality that comes up, where you can give it a name and actually have a conversation with it. 
And you slowly come to realize that when you're in the moment with that urge, in my case, for instance, and for a lot of our clients, we come to realize, first of all, the nature of that urge, Josh, is that it will eventually pass. It never lasts forever. It doesn't have to end in orgasm. It will pass. And the more you realize this, then your logical mind kicks in and goes like, okay, fine, it's going to pass. The second thing is you realize that that urge, you know how it's, any guy who's listening to this will relate to this. It's almost as if you're possessed by something when that urge takes over. And you only come to your senses when you've orgasmed. And you just look, oh, you're like, oh, what did I do? What was I, what? oh, and you're like wiping yourself off and you're feeling shameless and worthless. That feeling that you've been possessed by something, you come to realize that that thing in your life is not bad or evil. And here's what I mean. It showed up to protect you from something. At some point in your life, you were dealing with a strong emotion. You didn't have the coping strategies. Maybe you, if you were a Christian, you didn't understand how prayer actually worked. You didn't know how to talk to men and open up about this. And so this was the only thing that was there. It was like, you know what? I'm going to use orgasm to make you feel better because I care for you. And this is so powerful. And this is why I prefer that men work with their brain and face this because it allows you to build self-compassion towards yourself. Instead of saying, I'm worthless because I told myself I was not going to give in to this and I did it yet again. I feel like I betrayed my wife. I feel like I broke my word. You now start loving yourself. You now start forgiving yourself. You now start realizing I was doing this to protect myself and you stop having that thought. What's the thought? The thought that every man who struggles with their sexual behavior had. If you truly knew who I am, you would not love me, which comes from a low sense of self-worth. So you must start loving yourself in order to free yourself from the behavior. I love the fact you brought that up, Josh, about well, being I'll, aware. I'll tell you too, like in my own life, and this is still part of that struggle, dude, like let's get real. So yeah, I traded one addiction for another for a long time. And it's only fairly recently that I'm starting to recognize those things that you're talking about. So I would just, instead of being orgasm or being porn or whatever, it would be food, you know? And I would just, you know, I'd, I'd go buy a pizza or a, a soda and a candy bar because it made me feel better for a little bit. Like getting to that root of it, dude, that's so hard for us because like as men, we're told we have to be strong. We're told that we have to be, you know, stoic and that we can't have emotions and we can't talk about those emotions because guys don't talk about that. But so I think what I'm hearing you say is that at the root of all of that, you know, at the root of the desire to seek one, to seek an addictive behavior is uh, something that you're lacking inside of yourself. Definitely. There's something you're lacking and you are not willing to deal with the pain of the lack. You're not willing to sit still long enough. You're not willing to meditate. You're not willing to contemplate long enough. Why? Because it's painful. So let's say, Josh, you wanted to go to one of my vices is despite being jacked and everything, I love sour gummy worms and trolleys. Like, I love that stuff. Like, I, if I, go to, I don't even go inside the gas station anymore. Like, if I put my car there and it doesn't work, I'll just go. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll like, I won't go in because I'll pick up a big old bag. And they're so delicious, man. I love to put them in the freezer, have them a little hard and enjoy them. <laughs> right? So when you, when you feel that urge to, like, engage in whatever your vice is, let's say it's food, carbs, sugar, whatever it is, 
understand that the moment you pause and say no, let's see why, let's examine the urge for sugar, immediately there's pain. There's pain. But even within that pain, below that pain, if you sit with that pain, something deeper is going to come up. Always, the real issue will come up. And here's the thing, we instinctively know that there's something beyond the pain. Because if you sat with it, what happens? You go through what we call withdrawal symptoms from that thing. And you're like, oh my God, I feel so depressed, I feel bad, why can't I have this? And that thing you don't like about yourself will come up. Mm-hmm. And that's when you actually deal with it. It's really that simple. It's just that we don't sit long enough to find out what the hole is. But if you can sit with the pain long enough, then it comes up and you're just like, oh my God, this had nothing to do with sugar. I'm medicating something deeper. I'm medicating, it could be, um, you know, I tell men it's, 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 men enter their behavior for three reasons. Out of love, out of duty, or out of fear. So when a man reaches out to the therapists and coaches at Elevated Recovery, that's all we're looking for. We want to find out, why are you here? Is it out of love for yourself, which is rare? It's often love for somebody else, or their children, or their future child. Um, is it out of duty? Have you suddenly realized that you're, you're lost? You don't have a sense of purpose. You don't have values. Or is it out of fear? Have you crossed the line? Have you just suddenly had an aha moment and looked around you and gone like, you know, this is, this is not the way I thought my life was going to turn out. And I'm running out of time. I am freaking out. I am afraid that I will live below my potential. But that is where the fear lies. And that's what we're really doing. We're not just trying to get brothers to end their behavior. We're trying to really find out what is the deep thing, the deep-rooted issue that you are running away from. Would you be uh, willing to share some of that in your own life and what that process looked like for you? Like, like what, what led you to that place? Um, I was exposed to pornography, Josh, when I was eight years old. And the, the short story is that we were latchkey kids, and once in a while a cousin of ours would come and check in on us. And uh, I loved comic books, I actually still do. And uh, she had a comic book she was reading, and she just wouldn't let me read it. And I've been a voracious reader from the moment I could read. So I determined to, to find it. Eventually, I found where she hid it. Oh, why is she hiding a comic book? Well, it was a pornographic comic. Now, the thing is, back then, I was eight years old. I didn't know what sex was, but I had an idea. Because I was like, oh, those are the parts our parents tell us. Like, don't, see, don't watch that. If you're watching a movie, they're like, those are the bad parts. Close your eyes. Go to your room. You know? <laughs> and I knew it was wrong. I knew it was bad, but I got excited. You know, when you, you're a kid and you see something you shouldn't, you get that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Now, I couldn't get aroused, but I realized something after that. Anytime I was upset, anytime I got rejected by my parents, or I felt rejected by my parents, or I got whooped for misbehaving, I knew that if I search for nudity, I would change my state. And so I just kept doing that. I kept looking for nudity because it changed my state. And then when I became an adolescent and experienced puberty and learned how to masturbate and all that stuff, then it all made sense to me. I was like, ah, there's a great feeling. And I use that, Josh, to medicate everything. You know, when you're in acne, when you're growing up and you're like, your arms are longer than your freaking head and your head's big and you have acne and everyone's better looking than you and all the jocks seem to be getting the girl and you don't know how to talk to that girl you really like and she gets with another guy. I would just, porn, 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 porn was the way I dealt with it all the way through college. 
Um, and I became so dependent on it that I wasn't able to be intimate with women. I didn't know how to talk to them. I was a weirdo. I was the guy who was known for staring at women in a weird way. Like, literally, people thought I was on the spectrum because of the way I was acting. And it was all because my life was filled with pornography. Once I started working and making a little bit of money, immediately the money went to chat sites. And because I was still, I still had a lot of those Christian values that I grew up with, mm-hmm. I rarely crossed the line until one day, this was back in the day of Craigslist, and they used to have those um, anonymous sexual encounters back in the day. And I would go on there and I would never meet anybody. I would drink, I would go to the bar, I would try to hit on girls, get thrown out by the bouncer or nothing would happen, come back, get on the chat sites, watch pornography, and drown my, my sorrows in porn. But one day on this site, a girl said, um, hey, I'm babysitting and I'm looking for somebody to come over and have sex with me. And it's probably like 2 a.m. and I've been drinking. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to lose my virginity. That was the sad part of it. And I was probably like 21 years old. And I got in my car and I drove across town, tipsy, drunk, whatever it was, pulled up in this alleyway behind this home and I'm texting the girl, and I remember this was in the back, day, back in the days of the Blackberry, you know, with the tiny little <laughs> type keyboard. I'm like texting her, I'm like, where you at? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, ah, just, just come out of your car, I see you, like, like, you know, come out. And I was super paranoid, because even though I'd been drinking, I was like, oh my God, like, this is, this is weird, I'm scared and excited. That excitement, exactly, that I had when I was eight years old, I had it waiting in the car. Sitting there with an erection, excited, not myself anymore. It was as if it was somebody else that drove there. The only thing that saved me, Josh, was that I had my car on part on drive. I didn't put it in neutral. Somebody smashed the side view mirror. So it wasn't a girl. It was a setup. Hmm. The window breaks and I just freak out and my reaction is to hit the accelerator. I drive through the backyard. I remember driving through the pool, the little kitty inflatable pool, the trampoline through to the other side, screeching off. And dude, I'm driving with my hands on the, the steering, just telling myself, I'm squeezing it. And I was like, JK, you were not raised like this. 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 Adrenaline took over. I drove home. And that was the night that I knew that I was done. Not that I was done, because I wasn't done. That was where the struggle began, truly. But that was when I knew I had a problem. I could have gone to jail. I could have hit someone. I could have been arrested. It could have turned out that that person was underage and it was an FBI thing. It could have been so many, it could have gone sideways so many ways. And that was the moment I started seeking help. Before the brothers who are listening, that was when I realized I had a problem. Because to go back to your original question, Josh, about those men who don't believe it's a thing or hear you share your story about how you overcame it and they're like, I don't know, dude, I can't really relate to that. All I have to say is, Try staying away from pornography for just 30 days. Just if you can stay away from pornography for 30 days, that's fine. You do what you want. But if you can't, I don't care the excuse. No pornography, even no masturbation. It's just 30 days, right? See what happens. Most men can't. That's when I realized I had a problem because I tried to stay away. I couldn't make it to seven days. And I think there are people out there that want to say, well, you shouldn't have to stay away from it for seven days, you know? And, and I think that's, I think that if it is not, if it's not a big deal, right? 
If it's yeah. if that's all it is, it's just it's nothing. What happened? Why not? What happens? Try it and see what happens. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Do no, not November. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just see what happens. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and here's the other thing. If you're, if you are honest with yourself, and I think that's where, where most guys have a hard time is being honest with yourself. You know, you're, if you're, let's say you're married, your relationship with your wife is probably not as good as it should be because of it. You know, your sexual health is not as good as it should be because of it. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there spreading a lot of myths trying to say that, oh, it's necessary for your health. And it, no, it's not. It's not. If you're one of those guys who's like still passing around that, that old debunked study that uh, masturbating several times a week is good for your prostate health, I'm just going to tell you here, here's the truth. Nobody knows why men have prostate cancer. So <laughs> just go get it checked, but don't fall for the lie. That's only one study, and it's been debunked. There are plenty of studies. I won't even plug myself. I'll plug uh, the late, great Gary Wilson spent a good chunk of his life on a, um, building a website called Your Brain on Pornography that has the greatest compilation of resources and the most up-to-date studies on the impact of pornography addiction on men and women, but mostly on men. And I recommend anybody go there and actually study this and learn to actually understand the impact this is having on our lives. Um, I think as men, this is my personal, actually, and my professional opinion, control, self-control and discipline is something we should always work on. We do not have to be perfect, but we must always identify the areas. Josh, it doesn't matter, like, it, for you, it may be with food, for me, it's with other aspects of my life. For me, it's actually with work. I need to learn how to work less. I need to control myself and learn how to be just a little bit more playful, a little bit more relaxed, a little less intense. I've been with my, my girlfriend for 14 years and a little bit more playful and give her attention and more love and more intimacy that she seeks. But it's also about controlling my urge to conquer and dominate the world too. So identify the area in your life that you don't have control and frequently put yourself through a test. You don't have to be perfect. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try again with the food thing. I'm going to try again with the porn thing. I'm going to try again with the intimacy. Just, yeah, you, you may get beat up a few times and retreat, but just don't stop guys. Keep going for that. That quality of just being persistent and going like, I'm going, even for me, it's like, I'm going to be more playful. <laughs> I'm like going with that energy. I'm going to be a playful guy. <laughs> I'm trying in my own way. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It does. I recently yeah. started uh, a new career and I'm, I work from home. So I'm, you know, my office is just upstairs. So this, okay. you know, this, this studio is, uh, it, it, do, it, it doubles as my manlyhood podcast studio, but then also my workspace. Okay. And, um, and so, uh, the, you know, I've, I've been working a lot lately because we just started this this rebrand and, and started pushing the work we're doing at Grand River Agency, and it's out there. But then what happens is I I go downstairs and I have to shut it off after working really hard all day, and uh, it's not like my other job where I would get in the car and drive home. And so in the drive home, I could unplug, disconnect, and then switch into dad mode, switch into husband mode, you know. And so now I'm sitting there and we're eating dinner, and I keep thinking of all the things I have to do. And it is crazy. Like, but I, I say that because you talk about the work aspect of things, and and it's funny how we will latch on to 
whatever thing is in front of us and make it the most important part of our life. When most of the time, the thing that we're latching onto isn't the most important part of our life. This is true. Um, I can relate to that, man. Um, I, I will say that early in an endeavor, in order to be successful, it does help to have a little bit of obsession. Mm-hmm. But the, the the issue I find that a lot of men have is that they don't understand the concept of working in seasons. So there's a season to move from one career and decide, you know what, I want to have more control over my financial freedom in my life, so I'm going to start a business. But you want to ask yourself, what else can fit into this season if I'm really going to get obsessed over this? If you have a wife, if you have kids, um, that you may be only able to do two or three things. It may just be business, family, fitness, and my spiritual life. And that's it. What does that mean? It means you may not be hanging out with your friends anymore. There might not be much travel unless it's business related or you have to squeeze them together. I think a lot of men get obsessed with something and focus on it, but they really break themselves down with stress and they really lose other things in life or they end up using substances to medicate because they are not willing to sacrifice for a season. You can be obsessed about your work for 14 hours a day, but if you've decided that there's something else prior, you set the intention that my relationship with my partner is also important at this point, then you have the prerequisites. I call it turning off your nervous system, what you're talking about. Like a lot of guys, they they can't separate from work and like I'm at the dinner table. And it's a skill set that you need so that your body doesn't break down. It's learning how to turn off the nervous system, reduce the cortisol, the mind has been churning, and shut it down. In my case, I literally take, I take a day off a week, which is on Mondays, but at the end of intense work days, I actually delete all the apps on my phone. So our team has like 30-something team members. I'm not turning off notifications. I am deleting Slack. I am deleting any place I've been having a long conversation and I am sitting down and turning off my nervous system and I am fully present with my partner and playful. Now you know you're present and playful when you don't even remember you worked that day. You could have worked a 14 hour day, but you're just like hanging out with everything and then she says something and you will like, you'll say something like, yeah, yesterday, you know, when I was talking to this person at work or we reached out to this person and she was like, that wasn't yesterday. That was this morning. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. That means you're present. It's, it's you're really in the moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I awesome. relate to that. So, JK, let's say that I'm a guy who mm-hmm. is listening today and I'm like, all right, the stuff he's talking about, this is resonating with me. I know that I need help. Yeah. I'm, I'm addicted to porn. Right? Or maybe they don't even admit they're addicted yet, but they know there's a problem. And they reach out to you how how do you how does this process look like how do you help them through this like where would we where would you start okay well first of all um one of the reasons why we are probably the most successful and by successful i mean we have the most clients we've been around the longest and we help men end their behavior within two years is because we are patient And I want those of you listening to know that if you're thinking of reaching out or speaking to somebody, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame. Men are very proud. 
it's very hard to admit that you have a problem. And this is a very personal problem. It's like, I can't control my sexual behavior. I want you to know something. I don't care how successful you are in life. I don't care if you're self-made. Those are, you're actually the person who is least likely to seek help and struggle with your behavior the most because you believe that the things that gave you success are the same traits that can help you end your behavior. And that's not true. The traits are opposites. You have to learn how to be self-aware. You have to learn to be self-compassionate. You can't like masculine your way through it. Like I'm gonna use willpower and battle this. You said, Josh, that you battled this, but you also said something very important. You also learned how to sit with it and be aware of it. And that's the difference there. It's how you fight the battle. So for those of you who are thinking to reach out, the first thing I would say is educate yourself. Because there is a voice in your head that will keep telling you, bro, it's not a big deal. It's not that big a deal. It's not really a addiction. I'm not an addict because you don't identify with an addict, right? You're like, I'm not on the streets. I'm well-to-do. I'm well-off. No, no, no. You have a compulsive behavior. It's not a dependence. It's just a little bit of a dependence on pornography. That's a lie. Another lie is everybody does it. This is not true. There are a lot of men who just don't need pornography in their life. Oh, I need it to enhance my sex life. Or a big one is my life would be so boring without it. Like my life would no longer be colorful. Like how would I, how would I enjoy life? Whenever you hear these thoughts, they are all lies because you do not need pornography in your life. It is not a need. It is not even natural. High-speed internet pornography, not natural at all. So educate yourself first. Check us out. We've got a, a podcast. It's called The Porn Reboot Podcast, about 550 episodes or so. Check it out. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for my name, JK, last name E-M-E-Z-I. Um, and educate yourself on this. Just learn about it, learn about the impact, but more importantly, learn about the man you could become. One thing I wanna make clear, and Josh, I didn't share this, was that I struggled with everything in life. I struggled with speaking, I struggled with communicating, I struggled with my body, I struggled with thinking clearly because I was always when you, whenever you masturbate or you, you, not masturbate, but when you watch pornography and masturbate, you get this very foggy, you can't think straight, you, you lose energy. That's because you release prolactin every time you masturbate and view pornography. You don't release prolactin when you have sex. You release oxytocin in addition to dopamine. Oxytocin is a bonding chemical, so you feel closer. But without intimacy, when you're viewing pornography, you release prolactin, which makes you tired and lethargic. And men who do it compulsively put themselves in a state called prolactemia, where there's too much prolactin circulating through your body. So you're always lethargic, lethargic and chilled out. Then some men get dependent on sugar to give them a little bit of a high, and you're stuck in this place. That caused me to be a failure all the way up to the age of 26. Once I had learned how to control my sexual behavior, the process taught me discipline. It taught me how to work with my brain. It taught me how to listen to that inner voice. It gave me self-confidence. I was able to not just overcome my behavior, I became very, very successful. By the time I was 31, 
I already hit my goal of building a seven-figure business, and I have two of them right now. One is not seven figures. I don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> I have two of them. I have two of them right now, and I'm not saying that quitting porn makes you rich or anything like that, or, or, or generates wealth. Those are two separate things, but it's all about the man you become. You have to become that man, and I want you to know that if you're sitting there saying, "I'm not sure," and you look around your life, and you even suspect that your lack of sexual control is one of the things holding you back from your goals, don't take the risk. Don't take the risk of going like, yeah, maybe it's just something else. Maybe I just need to find the right mentor or the right mastermind or read the right book. Control your sexual behavior and see what happens. Like I said earlier, Josh, a lot of times this is the rite of passage that a lot of men need today in order to start accomplishing their potential. This, for a lot of men, is their hero's journey. Pornography, for many men, is the dragon you need to slay. And the moment you slay it, you're like, I have defeated my greatest enemy because your greatest enemy is not out there. It's not poverty. It's not that you don't have money. It's always inside. And for many men, if you're losing this battle or you don't even want to battle, you're just like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to try for one month because I don't need to. Most of you are lying to yourself. So don't be scared. Take the step. You're only going to grow from it. When Actually, you, I'm really passionate about it. No, I am So when you described your, your path to, um, you know, kind of overcoming that, that yeah. prolactemia, right? And you, but yeah. overcoming that and, and starting to focus on success, it reminds me of, uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I don't know if you've ever read the book, but yeah. it's, it's um, I, some of it sounds like mumbo jumbo to me, right? Because it's like, okay, like I get it, but you know, like it's not, yeah. it's not scientific. But he yeah. talks about channeling sexual energy, right? And, and when I read it, I'm like, okay, this sounds like mumbo jumbo. But then when I think about it, you know, the, we will find, we will go out of our way to use all of our creative juices to get laid. <laughs> Or to avoid getting caught with porn and masturbation, right? Like we will pour all of our creativity into that. And then we don't have creativity left to come up with ideas, to pursue, you know, business ideas and to pursue that passion because we've used the the willpower, the function, the the you know, and, and I, I it actually makes sense to me in that in that sense that like and now, you know, hearing the, about the you know, about the hormones that are released that actually also makes sense because, you know, that's what you're doing is you're using your, you know, you're, you're using the ability that you have to function and to, to operate, you know, and I think, you know, I think that gumption, so to speak, I think we're just kind of channeling it in the wrong place and then we don't have it when we need it for other things. I agree. It, it, just like you, when I was reading that, I thought it was mumbo jumbo at first, I think it's chapter 16, but then in retrospect, when I actually got deep into the studies on this, he also says that most men waste their, their sexual energy um, up until the age of 40. And then he says that then they start becoming men of industry and men who are creative and men who are building. But also back then, that was the time, studies showed that a lot of men's testosterone levels would start dropping. So then the urge to chase goes away and the urge for legacy usually begins. So most men, the truth is this as well, there are a lot of men 
who are compulsive with their sexual behavior and pornography way all through their 30s, their 20s and 30s. And then it's only in their 40s when their testosterone levels drop that they're able to focus on other things because they've bought themselves a little bit more time in their head. They're not preoccupied with sex. But unfortunately, there are very few men who are able to be successful at that age. Right. Because you've built up a lot of bad habits. If you haven't built up the habit of discipline, and don't get me wrong, I root for every man. And I also don't believe that, I, I believe that it's never too late. I have personal friends who started successful ventures in their 50s, and they crushed it and they made a difference. But the earlier you start, the better. And for those of you who are listening, who are, especially the men who are in their 30s, like this is, um, this is the time to start. If you've not been doing much, if you've been thinking about leaving your career, doing your own thing, pursuing that passion, now's the time to start. But brother, if you are engaging in any sort of compulsive behavior, even if you've started and you're moderately successful, that secret vice that you have is stopping you from rising to the top. It really makes a difference when it comes to um, the 1%. Like, I'll put it for you like this. A man who is rebooted and in control of his sexual behavior usually has a lot of energy. I have a lot of energy. I'm very competitive. I was not like this in my 20s. That was the time I was supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. It's only been in the last decade that I've been hard driving. And I attribute that to all the things I learned from rebooting. But you're able to push yourself and be competitive and be hungry to win. But also what you said, Josh, about the creativity and thinking in a very complex way, that's very difficult when your mind is preoccupied with sex. And the final thing is this, compounding. Success compounds. Every time that you are in the middle of a very stressful day and you're working and you're like, oh my God, it's so stressful, I need to break it up with something, then you go engage in your vice. Like you watch some pornography, you get on Instagram and from Instagram you end up on some porn sites. What you did was you interrupted the flow. And each time you interrupt the flow, you don't build that habit of being able to push yourself and work. When you can work without interruption, day after day after day after day, over the years, that success compounds, both in your mind, in your work. Your work becomes almost like an art. Like people, I don't care whether it's advertising, marketing, copywriting, sales, you become an artist because you are not breaking it up. It just practice, 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 practice. Whether it's hard or not, you just keep doing it. But 45 minutes, two hours here, and then prolactin, and then your day's a wrap, and then you go to an easier task, and then you do that every week, you're cheating yourself. It's that, that success that you get by pushing through the stressful situation, right? By getting the win rather than just relieve the stress especially relieve the stress in a way that's unhealthy. Yeah, like that that will keep you from being able to go to the next level. It's like when you're weightlifting and you're lifting to failure, you know? Yeah. Like it's like I'm going to push it as hard as I can for as long as I can and now I'll be stronger tomorrow, you know? But if you don't push past that, it it will keep you from going there. Yeah, it's and when you mention any vice, I, I, I tell you, I know guys who have, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are addicts and recovering addicts of all different kinds, you know, booze and drugs and, and everything else. And, and it's, there is definitely a consistency there. 
you know, my one friend who was a, a heroin addict for years, uh, you know, he talks about, he said, if I could have just used all of that willpower and energy that I used, all that creativity that I used to score my next fix, if I could have just used that for my life, for my career, for everything else, like I'd have been a different, a completely different man, you know? That's a, that's the superpower of the addict. I tell guys the equivalent of what your friend shared with wasting his energy is the guy who was just like at the end of a long day, he's exhausted. He's like, I'm done. And he lies to his wife. He's like, I'm just going to go finish up something for work and prep for tomorrow in the office. You can go ahead and go to bed. And then he goes into the office and then he's viewing pornography. That, he was just like, I'm just going to watch one thing and I'm just going to orgasm to it. Next thing he knows, it goes from 10.30 to like midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And you're fully energized, searching for that right whatever scene that you can orgasm to. Ask yourself, where did that energy come from? Like, where did it, you were done. You were done for the day, you were exhausted. But you were able to squeeze in two more hours, 45 more minutes, an hour and a half more. Imagine if every single day you were squeezing that in naturally. How much more would you accomplish? And imagine if you had, if it was at the end of the day and you thought you were done, if you actually took the time to apply that same amount of creativity and effort into your spouse, oh you know, what a relationship you would have, what a relationship yeah. you would have, you know, I mean, and I get, and I understand that there are all kinds of complications, you know, maybe your wife has got some baggage that she needs to work through. And so you don't have the best relationship. Well, I don't think that you're making it better. <laughs> By retreating into your hole to do whatever. You're not making yeah. your relationship better and you're not helping it by applying yourself to just take care of yourself, your own needs. That's not helping. Agreed. Agreed. I have really uh, appreciated this conversation, man. I think that it uh, it has given me a lot of clarity on the process that I have walked through and then even kind of continue to walk through. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working through this issue with food and I'm in a good place right now, but uh -huh. I know that I have been in a good place a lot of times and I keep going back. Right. But so just walking yeah. through this is, it's been helpful for me to see that perspective and that understanding. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really hoping that our guys can, can think about, all right, I've got these compulsive things that have to stop. I know that I've got to work on it. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback, you know, from our listeners. Like if you guys are like, all right, I, I need, I need some help with this. Like I guarantee you that, that, uh, you know, if you connect with, with JK and the work he's doing, you're going to, you're going to get some answers. So, yeah, I do want to warn anybody who chooses to connect with us that we are very much disciplinarians and I'm making that clear because I think sometimes people show up with this mindset that, Oh, I'm an addict. Poor me. You should be understanding. You should be, you should coddle me. You should, we are our company motto. Internal motto is everything with compassion. We are compassionate, but we also work with men, which right. means that if you reach out, you must be ready to be called out. And of course, obviously, if we call you out in a way that you find disrespectful, as men, we're also willing to immediately apologize if we are wrong. But I think some people get shocked because they think it's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's okay. Or we'll call you out if you're lying to us. If you show up and you lie about a slip or relapse, we've been there. We're just like, dude, right. just cut the BS, brother and be honest with me or get off the call and then make another appointment and come back when you're ready to be absolutely vulnerable. And I will give you the space and the love 
and the discretion and the privacy for you to share everything. So for those of you who may be like, I'd love to reach out, but I'm worried about privacy. I'm worried about being identified or anything like that. It's our number one priority. So the brothers in our group, you don't need to use your real name. You, you do need to use your real name while applying. But if you're in our groups or you join our free groups, you don't need to use your real name or show your face or anything till you've released some of that shame and you're now in a place where you're actually proud to talk about it. I would love there to be more men. I can't do this on my own. This is the pornography industry is winning if this was a battle. We need more men who are willing to show up on camera and show up out there and say, yes, it was a problem in my life. It was destroying my marriage. I was not a good example to my children. I knew that I was a hypocrite. We need more men to come out there and do that. But brothers, it only begins by you putting aside your ego, showing up and be willing to be vulnerable, which simply means that you are willing to take the self-inflicted pain. Like you will hurt yourself when you're, when you're vulnerable. You, oh, it, it hurts, but that's courage. It's like you're afraid, but you do the work anyway. And that's a masculine trait. So understand that the entire process of freeing yourself from your behavior is an incredibly loving and masculine thing to do for yourself. Hmm. Excellent insight, my friend. Which actually kind of brings me to the next question, because I like to ask all my guests a few questions when we get to the end of our interview. Huh. Uh, got a lot of very interesting responses of those. Yeah. Uh, and so the first question is, what does it take to be a man? I'm going to answer it using a quote from a 17th century explorer, so Richard Francis Burton. He says, do what thy manhood bids thee do. From none but self accepts applause. He noblest lives, and he who noblest dies is he who makes and keeps his self-made laws. Which simply means that as a man, whatever the values are that you build, stick to them. If it's religious in nature, if it is based on an experience you had, whatever it is, you will live a noble life when you listen to that voice within you as a man that says, this is the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to overcome this behavior. The right thing to do is to refrain. The right thing to do is to sacrifice. The right thing to do is to suffer a little bit. And that's what it's about. It's about listening to yourself and moving forward with confidence. You don't need to always look to somebody else for validation. That's what it means for me. Hmm. Excellent quote. I love uh I love that that you picked Burton as a. <laughs> Are you familiar with Burton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, he was a staunch racist too, but <laughs> but as a man, he was doing yeah. manly things. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing with history is there's like you know, it's and it's not just old history; it's today's history too. Like nobody's perfect, and if we are, if we know how to be discerning, then we can pick out. You know, like the old cow, you can eat the hay and spit out the sticks. You know, like you don't have to take everything that a person says to be able to learn from someone. So yeah. it's a shame what they're doing to history these days. I love yeah. that you you recognize that. Yeah, and you know, like like Robert E. Lee, not my favorite person, right? You know, yes. <laughs> but he said some amazing things that are worth looking at and learning from. 
you know do what now i i do think you know when you go to the south and you see big you know big statues you know and, the, yeah. and this this veneration of okay dude he like led a rebellion against the nation and he lost <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean i have no problem with tearing it down you probably should have torn it down years ago yeah. however let's not erase him and let's not just cancel him let's learn from him let's learn what he got right and let's wor- learn what he got wrong and that's where we grow as people and as a society because uh, none of us are 100% virtuous. None of us are 100% perfect. And that's the beauty of humanity is that we're screwed up and we're great. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's how it works. So my next question, let's say you can hop in a time machine and go back to when you were 10 years old. And you can talk to the 10-year-old version of JK. What are you going to tell him? I'll just tell him to love himself more. I wouldn't understand what that meant at 10 years old, but I would remember it. I would remember it to just love myself more. Um, when I was, when I was a kid, I did love myself. Like I actually did. It was a weird thing for a kid. I just was just like, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I, I took care of myself. I don't know where I picked that up from. And I have no interest in going through therapy to understand that, but somewhere along the line, probably due to pornography, I lost the ability to love myself. Um, And it took me a very, very long time to regain that. And once I did, it really helped me as a man because I started making the hard decisions. And it was all because like, well, who are you making this decision for first? And I was like, are you making it because you care for yourself? Like you're hurting yourself or you're hurting your body or you're hurting other people and that's because you don't love yourself. How would you treat you first? Very difficult concept for some men to wrap their heads around. So that's all I'll tell myself and hope that it would keep clicking later on in life, you know? I think that's good. That's the question I ask. The, a lot of times it leads to that follow-up question of, of would your 10-year-old self have listened? And I'm glad that you kind of answered that in the question. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're like, maybe, I don't know, but I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then my next question is, what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? Change your self-image by changing your self-talk. Even as you were listening to this, there was a conversation that was happening in your head. There's always a conversation going on. And one of the best things you can do for yourself, if a man came to me and was like, JK, what's the one thing I could do to change my life? I'd be like, start having conversations with you. Start, whether it's via journaling, whether it is via giving the negative voice in your head a name, and then just having a loving conversation with it. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself because you realize that we have so much junk happening and when you start having that conversation, you start finding out what's limiting you, where all your beliefs are from. And if you're lucky, you might find out there's something even deeper within you that you can have a conversation with. But I'll let you figure that one out for yourself. <laughs> Excellent. All right, JK. So if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, easiest way would be via the podcast. So just since you're probably listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, Spotify, Audible, um, Apple Podcasts, just search for Porn Reboot. It's called the Porn Reboot Podcast. You can check us out there. 
Uh, our website is elevatedrecovery.org, and you can also find us on Facebook by searching for Porn Reboots. My recommendation is to check out our free Facebook group and join our group and just hang out there for a couple of months, literally. We're not going to sell you anything. Just use all our free material, use our free courses, use all of that. And if that's enough to free you from your behavior, wonderful. I'm in the group. I'm active. I shoot videos. I interact with as many guys as I can. And you can also just email me directly, jkemezi at elevatedrecovery.org. It takes me a day to respond to every email I receive every week, but I'll do my best to respond. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to our men today, and I appreciate you. Thank you for being uh, real and authentic, and I think that's something that, like you said as well about other people, that's what our world needs more of, man. So I thank you. Dude, thank you for giving me the platform and, and letting me share share my journey, and, and hopefully, um, hopefully some brothers are impacted. Thank you, Josh. Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode. JK, thank you so much for your insights and your clarity on this issue. Guys, if this is something that you're struggling with, you know, first of all, you can be a part of our community in the Manly Man Cave and we could talk about it. If it's not something you want to talk about there, the work that JK is doing is something that will definitely help you to be able to work through it. So plug into his coaching, plug into the work he's doing as well. Uh, this is not something that you have to let hold you back. It's not something that you have to let master you. This is something that we can work on together. And let's put aside the things that weaken us. Let's put aside the things that distract us. Let's put aside the things that are instant gratification. And let's work towards becoming something better. Anyway, guys, if you appreciate what we're doing here, if you think this is useful for somebody, share it with them. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. And let's get the word out about what we're doing here at Manlyhood. Guys, as always, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manlyhood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Mancast. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe, and check us out at manlyhood.com. <laughs>